This is a Crow's Nest podcast. Hello, and welcome back to Damsels Who Discuss. I'm being very loud. I mean, as is your right, you are a podcaster. If you're not loud, people aren't listening. It's true. What You don't use microphones anymore. That's old. You just yell your podcast and people open their windows if they want to hear. That's literally how I've been promoting this podcast. I've been standing outside a box in a, uh, not, I'm sorry, not on a box. I've been standing outside a box okay. uh, in a park yelling at people to listen to damsels who discuss I'm not giving them any context, but I'm hoping that my guerrilla marketing is working. I'm just yelling it from my balcony. I don't think my neighbors like me very much, but I don't think they liked me very much to begin with. So I'm not like bad. <laughs> That's fine. You're moving. They it's won't true. notice. Also true. Though my parents still live here. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, that's Gally. <laughs> and that's Alexia. Hi. <laughs> we are, we are, things are happening. This, so... okay the movie we're discussing today is lady and the tramp Mm -hmm. and i have a weirdly a lot to say about this movie but also nothing to say about this movie um because i'm a dog owner yes and i was there's a lot that i like about the portrayal of these dogs but there is this movie has so much padding in it i wish i had this much padding i'd be able to pack better uh yeah this movie does feel a little bit like a um a 30 minute short that they just kind of stretched that's a lot of some a lot of these earlier disney movies like a lot of them like i was complaining about cinderella because i had so much padding in it and it does but so much of these early movies is just like hey how about we stuff a bunch of stuff in here mm-hmm. uh for the sake of making it extra long which is i don't know stupid pacing was apparently not a word in early disney films no, and that's weird because that's one of the biggest things that's easy to criticize now. Like, I never, okay, I didn't see the original Dune movie. Mm-hmm. There's more than one, right? Dune, no, Dune there's two. just one Dune. Oh, there's just one the original. Okay, never mind. So I never saw the original and I never read the books. But I remember when the first new one came out, even I could tell when it finished that it was like, there is no way this is the end of the story. This was so weirdly paced and just cut off in the middle. And that's the kind of pacing issue that I'm, that I'm talking about where it's like you can't really get away with it in the same way anymore because people become instantly critical everyone was very critical of this like you cut it off right the good part what's wrong with you <laughs> and they're super valid criticisms because when you have a badly paced movie it's boring yes you lose this your audience you lose your audience for periods of time and it's really hard to get an audience fully committed back well, before we lose our audience, uh, <laughs> would you like me to to do the summary for this film and then we can get right into bashing the pacing? <laughs> do we have to do that or can we just get right into bashing it? Oh, <laughs> no, I know. I want to hear I want to hear your summary because weirdly enough, when we were div- listeners may not know this. When we were divvying up who was doing the summary. We do them in pairs. We didn't like go through and like hungry, hungry hippo style shoot, you know, <laughs> like split up a marble pile. Yo, okay. So, so I play roller derby and um the team I play for now has home teams. So with home teams you do a draft and I know that there are very serious rules and stuff to a draft, but I just really like to picture everyone sitting down to a table like super serious style and then extending their <laughs> hands and putting them on their hungry hungry hippo. And then like the the 3 2 1 whistle blow and then it's 
tap, 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 yes. tap, 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 Yeah. All the individual skater, like the available skaters have a marble in the center. <laughs> Give me my skater. <laughs> See, this is how I picture the draft going. And I genuinely think it would be, it would cause a lot more fights, but it would be a lot more fun. <laughs> well, have you, have you ever played Magic the Gathering? I've never personally played MTG. Fair enough. So in uh in magic there is a draft mode too and the way that that works is uh you each get a pack of cards you open the cards um you look through them and you pick one and then you pass them over to the person and they pick one and it keeps going until all of the cards have been picked Uh uh so i like that idea also in roller derby that there's just like player cards and someone gets like five to ten that they look at and they go hmm i choose this one and then pass the rest of them on I think that's kind of how it goes. I don't know. I mean, okay, I've never done a draft for anything, but my guess is that it's sort of like, same thing with like professional football where they publicize it. It's like, there's a draft order established and you do kind of, ouch, they're not like cars because we're not rich, but I imagine that like, I imagine the NFL gets like iPads per player, like this iPad full of this one player's (laughs) footage and their photos and all their (laughs) stats. They're like holding a bunch of iPads, like Adele holding her Grammys or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I know there's an elaborate order, but I really just like to picture it as a game of hungry, hungry hippos. I do too. How did I get on this here again? Well, the summary of this movie about dogs. Oh yeah, uh, dogs. <laughs> I don't, I don't oh, how we're them up. I. When I was initially writing out the list of animated classics, I, for some reason, was like, I'll do the summary. I, I assumed I was going to do the summary for Lady and the Tramp. But the mm-hmm. way it shook out, you did the summary. Indeed, I did. So apologies. Film. Oh, I don't care. There's two <laughs> dog films. and There's no cat movie, is there? Aristocats. Oh, yeah. The Aristocats. There's only one. There was one cat movie. One cat film. Yeah. Well, anyway, <laughs> this will be a terrible transition to my summary. Just start reading it. <laughs> do you own a dog do yes. you own several dogs yes no can you make spaghetti i can well if you answered yes to all of these questions just like alexia congratulations you can basically recreate the most memorable scene in cinematic history with a fraction of the budget and far more interesting results <laughs> as you may have guessed because we've literally been saying it Today, we're discussing one of the most famous mid-50s classism allegories told with animals that wasn't the CIA-funded animal farm adaptation. We're talking Lady and the Tramp. And yes, there was an animal farm movie that came out in 1954 that was partially funded by the CIA. Seriously? Yes, they they made some changes to the script, apparently, too. That does not help the movie's point. No. Uh, Lady and the Tramp is a classic tale of people who got a dog for Christmas that they promptly shoved aside for a fancy new human. Lady is one of the most sheltered cocker spaniels living in the lap of luxury assigned her alongside her dog buddies, who are all very good boys. Such good boys. We have Jock the Scottish Terrier and Trusty the Bloodhound. And we also have Tramp. A cocky stray terrier mix from the wrong side of the tracks who wanders into Lady's life thanks to crime before he's shooed away by Jock. Again, Jock, a very good boy. Very good boy. 
When ladies' owners pop out a kid and escape for a week to make another one, they ask the worst person in the world and her two racist caricatures, caricatures, to look after their baby and dog. Through a series of animal abuse adventures, Lady (laughs) reunites with Tramp, who shows her a night on the town. Some may call this romantic fate. I call this another reason to spay and neuter your pets, folks. Mm -hmm. Lady and Tramp have a wild night that results in Lady ending up in the hoofscow and learning that when Tramp said, you know, I never do this with bitches I just met, he was a lying bastard. (laughs) She gets rescued by the worst person in the world who chains her up outside to hang out with that one sketchy rat that lives in their yard. (laughs) One stormy, fateful night, the rat finally decides it's time to kill the baby and take its place. But luckily, tramps around and breaks into the house to demolish the rat thanks to Lady's warnings. Chaos continues to ensue as Lady's owners return. At the exact same time, Tramp is arrested by the dog catcher. Lady exonerates Tramp. The dog catcher is thwarted by Trusty's trusty old bloodhound body getting in the way of his cart. Hmm. And everything actually ends up well because, spoiler alert, no dogs actually die in this film. I'm happy to say, uh, and... Tramp is quickly adopted by ladies humans and impregnate her almost immediately. Tramp impregnates lady almost immediately. I just realized the way I said that makes it sound like the owners. I knew what you meant, but I was going to wait for you to fix it yourself. I'm glad (laughs) I fixed it before I finished this sentence. Um, Because the story ends as it begins with puppies for Christmas. Everyone likes puppies. Everyone likes puppies. And apparently this was based on the book Happy Dan the Whistling Dog by Ward Green. Jesus. It's it's a cute movie. It reminds me of Bambi in the way where it's like there's very little plot, but there's very much cute. Like Yeah, it's dogs. it's like a character-driven movie yeah. more than a plot-driven movie. There is a lot of filler and this is one of the movies where um, my comment about how hard it is to recapture your audience comes in mm-hmm. because I'm a full grown adult and I sat down intentionally to watch this movie. I wasn't, I'm not, you know, like, I'm not some stranger babysitting kids who, you know, you don't rely on this. This was an intention. I was breaking my own focus and had to pull myself back into the movie a few times because there were periods where just nothing's happening. And when there is something happening, it's cool. But then it's like five minutes on, five minutes off, five minutes on, five minutes off. You you basically had the attention span of a cocker spaniel when you watch this movie. It feels like it. I mean, I have one anyway, but this really just makes it obvious. Yeah. Did you? Um, so I think before we really get into kind of the criticisms and plot review of the movie, I want to know what your relationship was with Lady and the Tramp as a kid. That's a great question. Like many of the Disney movies we've reviewed so far, I did not really have a relationship with Lady and the Tramp. This is, again, I, we keep bringing this up, but for anyone who's maybe missed a few, I cannot overstate again how different media access was in the 90s and early 2000s. There was no on-demand. On-demand was you had to have a copy of whatever it was. That was on-demand. And if you were lucky, like, you know, Galley had the Disney Channel, then they would play repeats. But if you wanted to watch, you know, again, Lady and the Tramp, there's no guarantee it's going to be on that day. Yeah. So if, you know, this isn't one that we owned, so I never, I never really got to see it. But 
in the way that many clips, even when we were younger, just became sort of part of a cultural lexicon. Like I knew where the spaghetti scene was from. I knew the characters, like I knew who Lady and the Tramp were, Mm -hmm. but I don't, I genuinely don't remember when the first time I saw this movie was. The first time I can remember seeing it in more recent history was I got a copy for cheap when I worked at the video rental store, we had a couple of extra DVD copies brand new and it was like five dollars. So I, I just bought one. I, um, I'm just, I'm just, this is a total tangent, but just mm-hmm. remembering your days working in the video rental store and you like getting me like um, random posters and things like that. Yeah, I liked yeah. that job. That job was weird. It was weird, but it was great. It was, it was like the movie Clerks. If anyone, yeah, <laughs> it was literally just like that. If you want to know what working in an independent video rental store was like, it was like working in Clerks. Like I had a coworker that Pikachu me out. I scared one of my coworkers by sticking my hand out of the Dropbox. I mean, like, <laughs> this is great. Just it's such a perfect job for your early 20s or your late teens or something like that. So I think, Allie, you, I don't know if I've told you this, but it's been a while. Uh, the way that the store was, there was like the long counter where you would check out. And then perpendicular to that was a section of action movies. That's mm-hmm. just where we had this shelf of movies. And behind us and behind a curtain was the porn room. Of course. And, yeah. And like, I don't care. I was an adult when I was working there. Everyone that worked there, I think, I think you had to be an adult to work there simply because of that. Um, and my favorite thing was people who would come in, men who would come in and go into the back room, as is your right. And then they'd come out and realize that I might be the only cashier at the time. And so they would fastidiously study the action section. Uh huh. Until one of my male coworkers would come back. And I would always do that, like, you know, I can help you. I'm like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm just going to look at this one, uh, one, uh, American Psycho, uh, DVD for, for, for the next 25 minutes. It's fine. Yeah. They can't but- let you see their shame. And then they would come and check out with my coworker right next to me while I was stand there. <laughs> you would just look over like, hmm, backdoor sluts nine, I see. <laughs> it was such a weird thing. Dude, people were really particular about their stuff, man. I, I believe that. It was um, so crazy. Well, okay. So so your relationship with this movie is you basically didn't really have one Not until really. you picked it up from the video rental store, which uh-huh. at that point when you watched it, I'm curious how you felt, if anything. S- similarly. I mean, I, 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 I like the characters. I, um, when we get to see them, I actually think they're interesting. I like that lady is not like a perfect dog. She fucks up the newspaper. She's loud. <laughs> like she's a dog. Um, I like that. I like the portrayal of the characters, but there is so much padding in this movie. I remember yeah. watching it at my house and just kind of like drifting my attention in and out a little bit, just because it's like, wow, there's not a lot happening here. I think it kind of like re- represents my recollection of my relationship with this movie too. Mm-hmm. Cause I definitely saw it when I was a kid. I don't, I, I, I have, I've had a cat since I was like in first grade or something like that. So mm-hmm. I was pretty cat focused, I would say when, when as a child, that sort of thing mattered. Like when people would kind of separate themselves between dogs yes. and cat people. It was like, um, there was, that, there was, that was the era you had to pick sides. Yeah. Yeah. For some reason. Yeah. Uh, and so I definitely remember watching it. I don't remember having any feelings towards the movie, but I 100% yeah. just remember the the titular scene of them eating spaghetti. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that's just kind of a cultural zeitgeist thing. Yeah, it almost, it's almost, <laughs> it's almost this moment that exists in a vacuum from this movie because 
there yeah yeah well we can we can get into it but yeah there's also not a lot that happens in the movie there's like illusions to side plots that we never quite see this would have been a movie that i think would have been better as a mini series just give us like well just to give us more perspective into like the animal world i don't think this would have been a good mini series if we were working off of the plot that we see today okay so that this would be like a good episode one yeah okay but but like i think it would be fun to actually see frankly how jock the scottish terrier lives his day how he and he and trusty go on like their little adventures like just to give more character development i've seen not many of them but i've seen some of the disney sequels one of the sequels i have seen is lady and the tramp 2 again Mm. going back to this video rental store there was we couldn't there was a limit to the ratings for stuff that you could watch in the show in the store Mm -hmm. so we'd watch a lot of disney stuff because it was always safe um and i remember we'd kind of gone through a lot of the regular disney films we started going through the sequels and i remember watching lady and the tramp too and it has you know it's it's a little bit hokey and stupid and silly in the same way that all disney sequels are mm-hmm. but i remember thinking that it focused a lot more on the characters and it was a little bit more better paced oh that's interesting yeah well <clears throat> do we have I don't think we have somebody lined up for we Lady and the Tramp 2. Whenever someone is asked about it, I've been like, we have Lady and the Tramp 2 available and no one's ever been like, I'll take that one. So I'm like, I'm waiting for someone to volunteer. So if you want to, if you want to hang out with me and Gally, we want to do guest episodes. And for our guest episodes, if you want to watch the movie with us, we will make ourselves available to hang out with you and watch it, watch it in advance. So if you want to spend some time with us, uh, a very easy way to do it would be to volunteer to do uh, Scamp's Adventure. Yes. absolutely but yeah let's let's get into actually uh chatting about this um because i think uh we we start the film by no longer seeing the traditional rko opening we have now switched to buena vista we have switched to buena vista and i we haven't quite improved yet because this is a very boring intro song yes i i wrote that it's still more of a lullaby to open the film it's awful it's a boring song actually, of peace and at least we're actually getting like the like gave us the whole story of the film yeah right away basically <laughs> they also do this thing in over the course of the movie that it's it's i think it's like a half joke that i kind of like where some people have names but some people don't they just have these nicknames like jim deer and darling that's I, their name i like that i really liked that a lot because that was that was very much the like from the dog's perspective mm-hmm. you only ever hear him referred to as jim dear yeah and <laughs> i like that i also like how some of the dogs are clearly that way like lady mm-hmm. was given her name and you see how dogs are given their names like uh when darling picks her up she goes what a perfectly adorable little lady and everyone refers to tramp as a, tr- a tramp so that's just his name now how did uh how did Lido and Princess get their names? Your two dogs. So uh Leto was named by I adopted him from a friend of mine who, you know, after the divorce was like, I can't handle two dogs. And I was like, that is a very fair statement. Um, and they are huge Dune fans. Speaking of Dune. Hey, it all comes together. <laughs> so it all comes together. That's where his name is from. Princess uh, came with the name. That was her name in the shelter. But by the time we adopted her, she was a year and a half old and responded to the name. And honestly, it fucking suits her. Anyone who's ever met this dog, she looks like a friend. A friend of mine met her for the first time. And JJ looks at me and afterwards and goes, 
she has overgrown Pomeranian energy. It's like, thank you, JJ. (laughs) And it's true. She's, she's about, she's about a 45 pound Pomeranian. I see that. And so, so the reason that I asked is because I think that uh, dog names in particular are always kind of interesting to me Mm -hmm. because they actually respond to them. Unlike a cat where you're going to name your, your cat and they know their name. I know, I know they know their name. They do. Cause every once in a while, when you say their names, you see their ears do the, yeah, they're like, what thing me, Mm -hmm. no, you're not referring to me as your majesty. So I'm going to, I'm just going to go over here now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, they, both of these dogs came with their name by the time they got to us. I adopted Leto and he was like, he's eight, he was five when he came to live with me. And I had pet sat him for four, for three or four years before that. So I had known this dog most of his life as Leto. By the time he got to me, it's like, I'm not changing his name. That's his name. That's and smart. yeah. And with princess, it was, we had a little family meeting when we adopted her and actually tried to like, think if we wanted to change her name, what would it be to? We couldn't think of anything better. So just just kept it <laughs> that makes sense that makes sense yeah oops yeah, yeah that's where these guys get their name but yeah. i the first thing i noticed about the gift that excuse me jim deer gives to darling mm-hmm. with lady in it is that there's no holes in the box i noticed that too uh so lady is oops. an adorable tiny tiny little puppy like the size of your palm she's so and little she's in a hat box with no air or anything like that how long was she there i know i mean clearly she's fine because she comes out and she's excited and happy but yeah question big question how long did you put that dog in a box that's yeah (laughs) and then that it was just like right before like i hope so (laughs) you'd hope that like 13 seconds beforehand it was just like oops uh darling uh, opens it and is like, oh, what a perfectly beautiful little thing. Calls her a beautiful little lady and that's where her name comes from. Yeah. So cute. Uh, and then Jim Deere has a brilliant idea, which is on the first day of having a new puppy in the house, we're going to leave it to sleep by itself downstairs. That won't be a problem for anyone at all. Yeah, he literally says, don't worry, darling. She'll go right to sleep. And I As wrote, she's... I see you've never owned a dog before. Yes. <laughs> Even the first day we brought princess home she was a year and a half old my mom had the brilliant idea where it's like she's gonna sleep in a crate downstairs and i'm like no she's not um we tried that she would not shut the hell up so i had to spend the first night on a couch next to the crate and now she sleeps where she pleases in case anyone is curious so there's another quote <laughs> a little bit later on where uh they finally relent and let lady sleep with them mm-hmm. and um i think i think it is jim Deere that says just for tonight yes he does i'm like did you uh, alexia did you also think that with princess like no just for tonight (laughs) i knew i was i was the one who was advocating was like what are we doing she's an adult dog like you do this with puppies that are going to destroy everything she's fine yeah uh, so jim deer and darling also just expected this dog who they've had for like an hour to understand commands yes because the they leave her they leave her downstairs for a little bit before she manages to mission impossible her way out and climb into bed with her owners. But yeah. beforehand, she's like, she's sad. And Jim here just yells, stop that now. Mm-hmm. Go back to bed and be quiet. It's like, yeah, she she knows exactly what that means. Yeah. Bark, 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 bark. Let me in. I'm going to play the great escape. 
Yep. I like that when he covers, she gets up into bed finally and he goes just for tonight and covers her with a blanket and the blanket looks like it's made of graph paper. I noticed that too. <laughs> I was like, this is a hideous blanket. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> and then um, just to prove that he was wrong, it shows that like quick fade to about, we find out later at six months, but lady's still sleeping in the bed. Yeah. I mean, as pet owners, we all understand that quick yep. change from the puppy to the to the dog. And we and we get to and then we get to see how Lady kind of integrates with their life, Mm -hmm. um, including giving her coffee. Yeah, I wrote down that coffee and donuts is a terrible dog breakfast. Um, First of all, it would make their stomachs absolutely screwed up. I'm like, I don't know if Princess needs caffeine. (laughs) I just don't think so. I actually think that Lady could benefit from caffeine because she has such a kind of. Her eyes are very sleepy looking and her voice is very sleepy looking throughout, yeah. or very sleepy sounding throughout this entire film. She's the least puppy puppy in, in, in when she's talking. But like I was saying, I did like how like in this section, um, she like yanks Jim Deere's feet out of bed. I like this because he, he stands up, he's like, all right, all right, all right. And then as soon as Lady runs out of the room, he's like, oh no, and collapses on the bed and Darling's like, what's wrong? He goes, can't you explain to Lady about Sundays? I, I liked how real this opening was. <laughs> I did too. I, that was my big compliment. It was like, dude, the dog's waking you up on the weekend, runs outside to bark at things, rips your newspaper in half, trying to get it inside. Like, this is such a dog. Buries a bone in your flower bed. Like, yeah, this is a dog. Well, I did appreciate that um, when Lady rips up the newspaper and brings it back, <gasps> Jim makes that note where he's like, well, I guess there's no bad news thanks to Lady because she ripped out the like, wrote it worst down. headline. Yeah. Have you noticed, darling, since we've had Lady, we see less and less of those disturbing headlines. That's a great line. I and as he does it, he like reaches through the hole in the newspaper to pick up a donut. <laughs> I, I that that's what I mean by like it was it, I waffled on this because the moments that of the movie where it's like character driven, I really think they're good. Yeah. Like, this was funny. I enjoy Jim Deere and Darling. I think they're very realistic new dog owners. I think they're very realistic sort of hectic new parents. I I agree. I feel like this was, there were a lot of, like, little fun gems in this movie that maybe were not as uh, well represented as they should have, like, throughout the rest of the movie. Like, there wasn't enough of that extra plot to keep your attention. Yeah, and there was a couple details that I like, even in a boring scene, I'm, I'm skipping ahead a little bit to after the, the child is born, mm-hmm. but there was one thing that I made a note of, a note of here. Oh, I, it was interesting to see how birthing and nursing practices were documented, because this movie came out in the 50s. So you see the glass bottles with the rubber stoppers um, in the baby's room. You see the doctor coming by carriage to the home. Um, I forget when this is supposed to take place. This this it's, is early 1900s. Yeah, like 1909 is the actual year. Yes, yes, that's supposed um, to take place in, but we don't know where, and that's that's a big thing too. There isn't yes. a specific location. Oh, uh, small spoiler for Scamp's Adventure. We open the uh, we open the movie with a song called "Old New England Town," so we and know they're in an old New England town. That's fascinating because I think I saw that that's this all we know. this movie. Um, like the location as in the actual art direction for the location uh-huh. was based on a southern town. I want to say it was was Missouri. Okay. Well, that's what the song says, but um <clears throat> I'm gonna trust the song. <laughs> what, what was I talking about? Oh, uh yeah, it it's it's interesting to show the the trends of the time because you know, again, everything's so different here, but you see 
Um, and again, this was made in the fifties, but they did a pretty good job of bringing in those little details, which again, you, you kind of gloss over because the scene I'm talking about is the scene where a lady sings the song about what is a baby. And it's like a five minute song of her creeping up the stairs. And it's like, this is going on forever. But yes. as you said, it's those details that, that I, I quite like, such as that we didn't know it was bad to give your dog coffee and donuts for breakfast yet, apparently. I'm surprised they didn't just give her a cigarette while they were at it. Because this was this would have been the time period where they would have been like, it's a healthy breakfast to have your donuts and coffee and cigarette. That's actually true. And I'm surprised that we didn't see... Mo- oh, by this time, when this came out in the 50s? Yeah, they were still very prevalent smokers. All right. I have no idea. All right. Yeah. Well, so let's let's go backwards a little bit. Okay. Pre-baby. Um, yes, yes, to where we are now where they're having coffee and donuts with their dog. Yeah, coffee and donuts with their dog, like as we do. <laughs> and That's what I did this morning. I mean, I I, t- I talk like I'm judging, but like I always make sure Lado has his uh, vanilla sprinkle. Oh, that's adorable, little pup Chino. <laughs> I gave him one for the first time a month ago because it was my friend's suggestion. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't normally take my dogs to Starbucks, so it never can it never occurred to me. But yeah, he and Princess had their first pup Chinos. They love them. Oh, cute. Speaking um, of princess, I'm sorry. I hear her barking outside because my dad closed her outdoors. I'm <laughs> I'm gonna do what a dog owner is supposed to do and go let this dog in before she terrorizes the neighborhood. I'm so sorry. No, that's fair. Uh, would you like me to keep talking about some other dogs? Yes, I'll be right back. <laughs> so uh, we also get to meet uh, Lady. I literally almost called her princess. We get to meet Lady's friends in her very upscale neighborhood that she lives in uh, and we get an introduction into a schnauzer called jock who is a lovely oh, i'm sorry a lovely scottish terrier and the bloodhound named trusty and our introduction to jock is just such a great dog introduction because he's putting his bones in the dirt and decides to very carefully sit on them as soon as he hears lady coming he does because he may like lady but he does not trust her enough to know for her to know where his secret cache of bunny bones is this is true and then (laughs) it's great because he just kind of talks to her like oh hello let's go see our old friend trust Trust conveniently in the opposite direction of where the uh, i was sitting don't pay attention to it yeah don't pay attention to the pile of death under my butt um I'd also like to point out that we see the return of two people we should know very well uh, in Jock coming back to see us. It's the White Rabbit and Mr. Smee. We do. It's him. We actually see a lot of repeat voice actors in the next few movies um, that I'm having trouble thinking. Uh, Aunt Sarah in this movie, we haven't met her yet, is Lady Tremaine from Cinderella. (laughs) i went through and found found a handful we'll get to them as they come but yeah those two i kind of recognize them and barbara the voice of lady um this is her first disney thing but we're gonna see her in our next movie as meriwether the blue fairy okay i did think that that was a familiar voice yes that one was familiar i have to say i did not recognize aunt sarah as lady tremaine but so she did very well with that. And I didn't recognize Bill Thompson as Jock. But to be fair, neither of the previous characters had a strong Scottish accent. 
Yeah, and I'll also say, especially for these early Disney movies, unless mm-hmm. we're literally listening to to Winnie the Pooh's voice, like there's a lot of them that I just couldn't couldn't tell you. To be fair, some of them sound really similar. Mr. Smee and the Rabbit, both of those portrayals used the same voice. He's yeah. using a very different affect in, in this one. So I didn't recognize him at all. <clears throat> yeah. But the other notice I had about them, uh, this was that you should definitely have a license for your dog way before six months. I wanted to understand how these dog licenses work because I don't need a license as a cat owner. So what is this? So uh, there's no official license. Some What you do have now are rabies tags. Oh. Those are issued by the vet's office as proof of rabies vaccination. But you don't actually have to, like, there's no permit you have to submit to have a license for your dog. I think they just mean a license tag and a collar to show that you, you know, this is my dog. And the call, I bought you a collar and I bought you a thing with your name on it. This this is, you're an owned dog. That's so... <laughs> This is this is both part ignorance and I think part just a sign of the times because <laughs> I feel like I, I like I would agree with you. I feel like you should get that license when you get the puppy, not yeah. like wait six months to see if the puppy survives. Yeah, especially because like a lot of the time it's to identify your dog if they get out and someone else gets like we see this happen with Lady too, where they pick her up. They, you know, they contact the person on the license to be like, hey, there's a dog wearing a thing with your phone number on it. I'm going to guess this dog's yours. And yeah, so I thought that was a little bit odd. That's especially because puppies are known for like, oh, an open door. So I fully would expect you'd want to do that earlier. Now, uh, microchip your pets, everybody, even if you're like, my cat's indoors only. Yeah, that door is not indoors only. Just in case, microchip your pets, please. 100%. Especially if you have uh, nudist pets, like pets that don't like to wear collars. Yes, or pretend to shake them. Yeah, you can't you can't take the microchip out. No. But um Jock leads us to meet the bloodhound trusty and we find out that trusty has lost his sense of smell. Which so, it's sorry to hear that he was one of the first people to contract covid. <laughs> so I was um not to spoil well to spoil this for later really. I was spoil a little confused it, about it, this. Spoil it. Yeah, because did Bless, did Trusty actually lose his sense of scent, or has he been fooling them all and just been an old, lazy bloodhound? I think he's just getting older, and maybe it doesn't work as keenly as it used to. Because mm. you notice him in the dream, when they meet him, he's, like, smelling and following a caterpillar, but he kind of, like, he it, it dives under a plank of wood and he misses it. So it's like, all right, maybe he's not able to pick up something as, like, teeny tiny as a caterpillar anymore, but later on when he's trying to find Tramp, he finds him pretty handily, but it's like a dog's bigger and has like a stronger smell. So I'm just not... guessing he's old now. <laughs> I, and, you know, kind of on that same line of thought, you're bringing up the fact that it's also Tramp, who I imagine must smell like rotting garbage. He might. Like He is a stray dog. And I mean, that's kind of a good like segue into Tramp, who we see literally <clears throat> wake up on the wrong side of the tracks. Literally on the wrong side of the tracks. It's really nice to get to meet the uh, prototype of Jack Dawson, too love seeing all my films come together (laughs) there is a very and i think this also might be again lend part of it i like all of the characters i like tramp instantly he's got a a pretty decent attitude and who the voice actor his name is larry roberts who by the way doesn't seem to have really done anything much before or since 
he didn't even come back to do tramp again in the sequel uh, he well may, he may have oh he may have died before the sequel. yeah i was gonna say i know i noticed that uh aunt sarah's voice actor also did not come back for the sequel because the sequel was in 2019 i was um, i was going to ask when that was and i just looked that up unfortunately the original voice of tramp died in 1992 and the voice of um aunt sarah who we're talking about um verna felton uh she she passed away in 1966 yeah we'd be <clears throat> if 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 anyone was going to be reprising their role in the 2019 film that'd be incredible <laughs> i forgot verna felton actually has a much bigger filmography than we were aware of in terms of disney oh. she was the fairy godmother in disney she was mrs jumbo in dumbo the queen of hearts in alice in wonderland oh and gosh. as i mentioned um flora i think i might have gotten yeah she was flora and the queen in um sleeping beauty she's winifred the elephant in the jungle book She's the grandmother, um, I believe, of Wilma Flintstone mm. in the Flintstones, Pearl Pebble Slag Hoople. And I recognize her face because she has appeared in at least one, if not two, episodes of one of my favorite TV shows ever, I Love Lucy. Oh, other weird things about Verna Felton. Uh she died the day before Walt Disney died. Ooh. What a what a coinky dink. Um, and her son, Lee Miller, was the voice of Jim Deere in Lady oh. on the Tramp. So it was a whole family affair. <laughs> that's, a, that's a family affair. I also like the guys. I like all the voice actors. I and that's why I was so half and half on this movie because all the scenes where the characters interact with each other are freaking great. And, you know, yeah. to cut back to uh, Tramp, he's having a monologue with himself, basically just, what the hell do I want for breakfast today? Let's uh, let's get into it. What's up? Yeah. And he, he said something about like, oh, not pizza today, too starchy or or not. Yes. Too much not starch. Or something, pasta or something too starchy. Yes. And he goes for pizza. <laughs> or <something>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. He was talking about the patisserie. That was it. That was it. Okay. No French food. No too starchy. Yeah. And then goes for Italian. But they give him a bone, which we now know you pro- you shouldn't give dogs bones unattended. But I will say that between in the video game of life, when they ask you to select between coffee and a donut for your dog and a bone for your dog for breakfast, I think I'd choose the bone. I think I would too. Yeah. I think I, I think I would totally choose the bone unless my dog uh, needed to be on the beat in like five minutes. Like he, he needed to... Uh, be copping about and that's why he needed the donut and coffee he basically needs to report to the 80s new york yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) gotta give him his badge and his gun send my dog on his way for his his role well uh, tramp does kind of have a role in in the town we learn he is the one that gives everyone the slip and he's the one that helps the others give the dog catcher the slip because he frees we meet them again later um their names are peg and bull a bulldog and peg's a long-haired mutt of some kind i think a pekingese was what she was maybe okay yeah i'm not yeah. sure 
But I, I do just really like your turn of phrase that he gives, uh, that Tramp gives everyone the slip because he definitely gave some female dogs the slip as we, uh, well, well, we find later. that out. You're right. Yeah. She is a Pekingese. Also, speaking, going on to voice actors, just before I forget, the person who plays Peg, her name is Peggy Lee. She is a bunch of people in this movie, by the way. She is Darling. She's also the Siamese cats. And both of them. And no. she is Peg. So she is uh, all over this film. Uh, going to assume not Asian. Fun fact. You're correct. <laughs> um, yeah. So I don't even know if I want to like do the impression when we get there. Uh, but it's it's. Uh, let's just wait till we're there. Yeah. Uh, but we're back with the tramp. He he sees the dog catcher's carriage, um, and his friends in the back. So he springs his friends and then runs off and finds himself in ladies neighborhood and i don't know what the timeline is between her getting her license and now i'm gonna assume it's been like a couple days yeah because she has the collar she does i'm i'm gonna assume it's not the same day the timeline for this movie is very weird there's nothing to differentiate aside from one scene where a bunch of months have passed but in between that it's usually hard to tell if it's been like one day or a week this movie is told in dog minutes yeah, it's told in dog perspective. But um this lady is moping outside and she's explaining to Jock and Trusty who come to check on her, um, that her humans they're acting different. Yeah, lady got slapped. Yeah, lady got hit, which no never hit your fucking dogs, people. I see it happen way too much. Like if a dog I I was walking Princess and Leto with Cliff the other day and we saw someone whose dog had like gotten loose and ran off mm-hmm. and you know, they finally catch up to this dog and we see them like hit her several times on the butt. And it's like, this dog has no idea what it's done wrong. Yeah. Don't do that. That's it's not, not going to teach you anything. No. And, and in this case too, with, with lady darling was in the wrong here. She, well, first it's a, it's a thing with Jim Deere. Jim Deere ignores lady Mm-hmm. And that's what she's upset about. She's upset about being ignored. Then she's upset that Darling hit her. Because she comes in with her leash. It's walk time. Which you're supposed to walk your, walk your fucking dogs, people. Like, she's there for a reason. Um, and Lady and Darling says, no walk today. And that's what gets Lady in a mood. So she brings her her ball. Darling says no. So she steals the yarn she's using to knit baby booties. Darling steals it back and whacks Lady. And that's what Lady is explaining to Jacques and Trusty. Well, I don't know what's happening to them. They lo- they they're normally so nice. Yeah, and Lady Lady also has a very like I would call it a vacant expression. <laughs> yeah. Uh I she's like a Muppet that way. Yeah, she looks very much like a Muppet. The Lady has this vacant expression throughout the entire movie, and it's one hundred percent I don't understand the world. I have no idea what's happening. Yeah, it's just very wide-eyed. She has the Disney princess eyes. Yes, she does. Well, there's usually more behind a Disney princess. There's usually a little bit more going on upstairs. Just a little. But tiny dog, tiny dog brain. And Jock and Trusty are trying to explain the lady's little dog brain that there comes a time in the life of all humans, and I just wrote no in my notes. Because it may be true for most people that they there comes a time when they become parents, but not all people. But they're trying to explain to her that a baby is on the way. 
And Lady does my favorite thing where she goes, oh, yeah. Oh, it's a baby. Yeah. <laughs> and she... <laughs> she understands nothing of the world. No. And this is where Tramp decides to make his grand entrance. And he just saunters in being like, ha, they're cute. Yeah, but they suck. Did, Babies okay. are terrible. I wrote, I wrote the line, home wreckers. That's what they are. Yep. That that was Tramp's opening line. That's what Tramp said. Yeah. Something like that. That is a hell of an opening line to tell the woman that you're trying to hit on. And then he follows it up with a cute little bundle of trouble. Which, I mean, I feel like if that hasn't already, this must must be written across like baby clothes, Disney baby clothes, a cute little bundle of trouble. Maybe. It should be. And he then goes on to describe the trouble that Lady's going to be in, because he's implying that, like, all the treats she was used to getting as a dog, she's now going to get leftover baby food, which is gross, and she's not going to get to sleep inside anymore. She's going to have to go out to the doghouse, and I think it's Jock cuts him off and says, no human is that cruel, and I think that's adorable. I think that's adorable that Jock thinks that, and I also want to say, I actually feel like if lady were getting baby food she would be fed more healthily than than her coffee and donuts be a little bit more nutritious than as you said her uh her cop beat breakfast her cop breakfast um and tramp is like uh you're wrong i'm right sorry about it and here's the thing they're both right because we've i used to volunteer in an animal rescue in an animal shelter And we've all been on Facebook and seen a post about someone who needs to rehome a cat or a dog or something because they're having kids or something's happening. Mm -hmm. Now, there's a lot of people out there who don't do that. They integrate their pets very nicely into their growing families. But we all know there is a portion of people who do not do that. And to those people, I say, fuck you. Yeah, I mm, Chris Pratt is probably one of the most famous recent examples of um, basically going on social media. Oh, he did exactly what you're describing. Chris Pratt wrote on yeah he wrote on social media uh, when his first wife was pregnant uh-huh. uh uh hey we got to get rid of the cat we're having what? a baby on the way what's so wrong he, with you he rehomed the cat i think it's, it's a gross. cat well okay i do think that like i'm not defending this practice because i absolutely abhor it and agree with you a pet is your family member you need to understand how to integrate your family member with other family members you're going to bring in there are exceptions i'm sorry yes there are exceptions uh, cats are somewhat territorial. Yes. So sometimes cat behavior can very, very much do a, a, a 180 when a new baby comes into the picture. Right. Again, some dogs too. Yeah, some dogs too. I don't want to defend this because I think that a lot of it is just like the parents need to understand a way to mm-hmm. integrate. Uh, but... Yeah, sometimes I I do think that you can't can't control your animal's behavior, frankly. No, and you know, there are some circumstances, and we've all heard the unfortunate story of, like, our very sweet dog is child aggressive. Yeah. And, you know, there are cases like that where for the good of the dog and your children, you have to think of what's best for everyone. Now, those cases are hopefully rare, where where it's that level of detrimental and it's heartbreaking. And And it's absolutely not lady either. (laughs) No, and exactly that, where it's like, again, you know, uh, to be fair to Leto, he's not the greatest with kids. 
the first kid he spent prolonged time with was my friend's daughter. Uh, I was about to name her. I don't know if she wants that. I'm going to call her Sarah. Um, and we met, I met Sarah when she was about five. Um, so I've known Sarah for a long time and Sarah's a very well-behaved kid. She, mm-hmm. even though she's energetic and imaginative, she's not like, yeah. and she, she understands that animals have boundaries and limits. She's got two dogs at home. She's got a cat at home. And she came over once with her mom. We were hanging out and Sarah was sitting on the couch, just like watching TV. And she, and Leda was sitting in between the two rooms we were in, just watching Sarah, like a hawk. Mm-hmm. And at one point in time, Sarah raised her hand to scratch her nose over, from her lap to her nose. And Leda leapt to his feet and barked at her because he was so nervous. Major props to Sarah, who was only six or seven at the time, who just remained absolutely calm. And she jumped a little bit because she was like, Ugh! yeah, but she didn't start yelling, but it was just like, Leda is the kind of dog where, you know, I'm not having children, but were I pregnant? that might be something that I'd be a little concerned about because it'd be like, I've seen him react kind of negatively with older children before. Um, and this was with a girl who was old enough to know better, was not afraid of dogs. And she was just like, Whoop, what happened? But in that kind of situation, it the responsible thing might sadly have been if I did have a baby and Leto could not hang with it, would it to have been finding another home for Leto? Yeah. Well, but, I mean, <laughs> you are the re-home. <laughs> for Lado. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, and that's what happens sometimes. And you find a good compassionate and way to do it. And it's not like he was just rehomed to me. I was looking to adopt a dog at the time. And I asked the owner to be a reference for me for shelters. And the owner was like, I'd actually like to talk to you like pretty seriously. You know, you watch Lado often enough. I'm, I don't have the ability to do this right now. Do you want to take him? They were not looking to just kick him out. They were not trying to get rid yep. of their dog. And Again, all of this, all of this to just say, like, it can be really difficult, especially as Gally said, when you can't control your animal's behavior. Yeah, and I think uh, it. Okay, sorry. Getting back to this movie, we <laughs> we have time pass as Darling gets more and more preggers. Oh, hang on. I want to starts... say one more thing yeah. about one thing that Jock says after Tramp leaves. He goes mongrels and their radical ideas <laughs> and Trent leaves that. pretty gracefully by the way he's like all right don't say i didn't warn you bye yeah exactly he leaves, he leaves as quickly as he came and that's when jock's like mongrels and the radical ideas and then as you said we flip to the thing where the, they show the calendar and then the and then the month's just going and we yeah. end up at a joint baby shower Yes, and that's so that's what I wanted to talk about. So Yes, please. <laughs> we get uh so we get Darling getting more and more Pragers. We get her starting to talk about her uh her cravings like she sends out Jim to get watermelon and chop suey in the middle of a snowstorm, which honestly sounds really good though. I I'm I'm curious. I will I don't lie. want them together. Uh, yeah, maybe as like <laughs> like dessert in the main course. But then yeah. yes, we get this this weird super formal baby shower where it's split into two parts and i absolutely hate this i one half is the women yes loving the baby like oh my god you're going to be beautiful and love it the other half is the men being like ha 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 babies suck don't they so i have a couple notes about that the first thing is is that one woman in the woman room says something like that everyone always says like she looks positively radiant and then another woman responds who i think did a line of coke right before that because she was like i was like does she look particularly radiant she's amazingly radiant she's so radiant 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 radiant, radiant. and i just wrote radiant. down who is this lady losing it over radiance 
right? Because this uh, one lady says 17 words in four seconds about how radiant she is. I wrote radiant in big words in my notes because I uh-huh. was like, fucking radiant. She lost it. And then, as you said, we go over to the men and the men are going, Jim, you look awful. Ah, no, this is terrible. Like, you look terrible. You never looked worse in your life. And then one of them says, I don't remember the doctor's name. Don't worry. Dr. So-and-so has never lost a father yet. And they all just die laughing. And you can tell by, we only see them from the knees down because we're watching Lady. But you can tell based on the knees down that they're all trashed. Yeah. But they're in their nicest clothing because it's also 1909. It's 1909. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, we like yada, yada, yada to the birth, kind of. Yeah, that's when we basically get the what is a baby song. And we get to see all of the beakers for boob milk and stuff like yes. that that they have leaving Bef- out there. Before that, we see Jim Deere in a tizzy on the phone yelling to Aunt Sarah that it's a boy. That's all yeah. that really happens. Okay. So, yeah, we yada, yada, yada our way to the birth. I... I was so confused as to why they they show the baby and the baby is rendered so realistically. It's so creepy. It's not from this movie. It's not a Disney animated baby. It's like an animator took a photo of their actual kid. Yeah, like Scanner Darklyed it. Yeah. It's awful. I wrote in my notes, this baby is horrifying. It was like, uh, okay, sorry. I'm going to pose this question. Okay. Which would you prefer? Neither. uh, This very strangely realistic rendered baby from lady and the tramp or okay. uh renez or whatever <laughs> the baby's name is from twilight that is yassified <laughs> renesme because she got powers that's fair this this baby has the power of potato it doesn't really do shit no it doesn't i would say though as far as babies goes this one seems pretty unannoying it like cries a couple times but for the most part it just like hangs it's, it's pretty chill yeah, I'm actually surprised that Aunt Sarah could take care of this baby. Aunt Sarah is a mess. Aunt Sarah, who the hell brings strange cats to see to watch and to nanny a new baby? Or a strange animal, period. Like even unless you have like a support, like support dog, I wouldn't bring like princess to watch a new baby for four days. It seems like a really bad idea, even though she's eleven years old. Yeah, but it, like this is this is also a really good transition because no time really passes no. from popping out the kid to Jim Jim Deere and Darling going on a vacation. At least not that we are aware of. Yeah, this might be the day after birth, as far as we know. Yeah, we have no idea. Um, but it's cool. <laughs> they they just get raced out of the house by Aunt Sarah, who's here to watch the baby. Um. And she's got her cats with her, as you do. Like, I know when I go on vacation, I take a picnic basket with my cats in them. I take my cat everywhere I go. He's like my little E.T. Um, <laughs> I'd like to put him in my my basket. And yes, these are Aunt Sarah's two Siamese cats, creatively named Sai and Am. And voiced by an American. Voiced by a white lady. <laughs> who does the... No, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, don't, uh, I mean. She does the Asian, well, she does that very stunted form of talking. Like, if I just read it, it's like, do you hear what I hear? A baby cry. Where you're finding baby, there are milk nearby. Yeah, it's. Um, That's just reading the words to that song. That's no affect at all. There, There's no affectation needed. It's. If we look in baby buggy, there will be plenty milk for you and also some for me. Yeah, it's like uh, it's the typical trope of 
uh, people who have accents, as in they're from a mm-hmm. foreign location, don't understand possessives. No. It's one of the easiest ways to, yeah, just indicate, like we were talking about with the Peter Pan and the indigenous people, it's like just the quote unquote easiest way to demonstrate, ah, these are of lower intelligence. They know yeah. speak English good. Ha 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 ha. Big joke. Yeah. <clears throat> but not only do these cats, these cats are further proof to me that Disney hates cats because most portrayals of cats, except for Dinah in Alice in Wonderland and Figaro, who are distinctly kittens, I'm noticing a distinction. They are kittens. Cats are evil in Disney's mind. These are some bitchy cats. These are some bitch ass cats. Yeah. This is my problem with Disney is they don't like cats. They hate no, cats until cats we get suck. to the Aristocats. So we are going yes. to to get and, into and that these, but it's later and these individual kittens like figaro was fine dino was fine these little kittens but actual cats are awful these two try to eat the pet goldfish they try to eat a thing they ruin the curtains they shred a bunch of shit and then they're about to go upstairs and steal the baby's milk when lady stops them okay so i have two two things i want to add about these cats too okay so one apparently um let's just make this super racist in earlier versions of the storyline in 1943 the two cats were supposed to be a reference to japan at that point uh and apparently they were also originally named nip and tuck which makes me wonder did they inspire the tv show nip tuck which is very funny um but the other thing I wanted to mention is in the chaos where all the cats are just kind of fucking shit up, we mm-hmm. suddenly learn that the darlings have a fish and a bird. Yeah, this is weird info where we learn, well, they may not have a bird anymore, so we don't see it. We see That's an true. open cage and a cat. <laughs> That's true. But they had a bird cage at one point. So... And a fish. And a fish. And a grand piano, apparently. They, they have, they're rich. Um, yeah. But yeah, Lady chases the, the cats down. They got like halfway up the stairs chasing them back down. And then as Aunt Sarah comes down, the cats do the uh, soccer flop where they one of them is like straight on its back with its feet in the air is acting like dead. The other <laughs> one's like writhing around. They're like, ah, we're dead. So Which Aunt is Sarah, a very cat thing. <laughs> it's such a cat thing to do. And Aunt Sarah does the cat owner thing where she goes, my poor precious babies. And um, immediately takes them upstairs and then immediately also takes Lady to the pet store to put a muzzle on her. And that goes really well. Yeah, I I wanted to understand why this pet shop owner thought that the dog would just be easy to put a muzzle on. Like, yeah. there's a scene where the, do- <laughs> the pet shop owner is like, okay, here's your muzzle. Let me just pop it on your dog's face. Like, there aren't a billion animals before that would... 100% protest right. something just coming out their mouth. Right, and he's saying, like, nice doggy, don't wiggle, which she, of course, wiggles a lot and runs away. Mm-hmm. Um, and she ends up getting chased by three evil dogs, but it's okay, because Tramp recognizes her and comes to her rescue. Just immediate chaos. Immediate, but he wins and chases them away, and I do have to say, he's he's nice to her immediately. He doesn't come up to her and give her grief. He just goes, like, what are you doing out here? Like, what happened? Then he sees that she's got the muzzle on. And once again, he's immediately like, all right, we got it. All right, come on. Let's go take care of this. I, and I love I love how Tramp decides to take the muzzle off, uh, yes. which is, we need to go to a zoo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he gets them into the zoo because there's a sign at the front of the zoo that says, no dogs allowed. 
which that tells me there was a major problem of people just bringing their dog to the zoo. So he. Ooh. Do you think it's Tramp? I bet that Tramp is the reason it says no dogs allowed. Like Tramp kept wandering into the zoo and they were like, how dare you? We're going to put the sign up so that you as a dog can read it and stay away. Yeah. Uh, And he decides to ignore it. So he, there's a police man up up front and he starts a fight between a patron and the policeman by pretending to be the dude's dog who just left the zoo. This poor guy. This poor guy. He's reading a book while walking too. Yeah. So what Tramp does is whistle. And I like to get his attention and start this fight. And I like this because halfway through the fight, the guy goes, he's not my dog. And the policeman goes, oh, so I suppose you're going to say it was the dog that was whistling. <laughs> that was great. Dude, the, the scenes where people interact with each other in this movie are very funny. Yeah, like little nuggets. <laughs> yeah. So they get in and they find um, they find a beaver. They find a beaver who is in, who is just so focused on his gerb. He's just like my job. I have to I have to focus on these things. I can only do it this job. <clears throat> and um, I'm skipping ahead a little. I love this beaver because I love how Tramp uh, infomercial yep. sells him a muzzle, and Lady leaps right in at the very end to tie up the deal. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, they basically tell him. We see you struggling with these logs, but if you take this thing that Lady is wearing, you can hook the strap, which is the strap of the leash, to one end, and then you've got the other end on your head, and you just go, whoop, and you pull the log down the hill. And all you gotta do to have it is bite this here strap. And he does. The picture of the beaver in a muzzle, for some reason, sticks in my head as as something that I remember fondly from when I watched this as a kid. Like when I rewatched that scene, I was like, I remember having like loving this like little weird moment in character design because yeah. then he gets launched. Oh my God. That I wrote down, they would have killed this beaver because yeah, he is, you can't tell when you start the scene, but you find out that he's basically halfway up Mount Everest <laughs> because he gives this log a pull and predictably the log goes flying down the hill and because he's attached to it it just whips him up in it and wraps him up and as Kelly says launches him like a quarter mile into the water yeah while spinning if there's nothing i love more it's wet beavers Boo. <laughs> go back to I'm baldur's just... gate <laughs> i'm just glad we got the pause I was deciding how to react. <clears throat> oh, uh, I have a problem with something that's said next because Tramp decides to take Lady out to look at the town and find some. And he explains his lifestyle. I think Allie knows what I'm about to get mad about. He's yeah. explaining his lifestyle about how, you know, my life is great. I have Monday food here and Tuesday food here. I'm a communal dog. I owe nobody. I own nobody. I'm owned by nobody. He describes himself as footloose and collar free. Yeah. And I'd like to sit on him. I I heard nope. that line just wedged in there. And I was like, ooh, who wedged this line in here and they were trying, themselves on the back? They're trying to make it a thing. This is what it's so obvious they were trying to come up with catchphrases where it's like, stop trying to make fetch happen. Yeah. And, you know, to their credit, though, to their mm. credit, what, uh, 30 years later? footloose would come out so it just took a couple of decades footloose isn't a disney movie no it wasn't i'm just trying to reference like getting footloose as like a thing 
because I'm I I like Footloose and quote free. I hate that. Excuse me. Yeah, Footloose and Fancy Free also didn't mean anything. Footloose and Fancy Free is just something that someone said when they're too drunk and you ask them for advice. <laughs> and they I fall just down. Wish, yeah, where you're like, Annie, I just like, I'm just not happy with life. Yes. God, like, just be Footloose and Fancy Free. Uh, Alexia, your cab is here. Get it. Yeah. Go home. Yeah, that's what that is. That's exactly what that is. But yeah. okay. But after he explains it and says that terrible thing, he takes her to Tony's for the iconic scene, and Tony almost blows the whole thing for him immediately. Because mm-hmm. Tramp barks. Tony and I think it's Luigi's is the other guy's name. They come out to. I'm, I'm going to call may as well Luigi because I don't know. <laughs> yeah cool, cool um they come out to see him and tramp brings him over to where lady is hiding because she's a little shy and tony goes oh he's got a new girlfriend and you know he's he gives her some pets and says that she's sweet and nice and then he does the aside thing to tramp and goes i think you take my advice and settle down with this one and lady goes what does he mean this one and tramp decides to be a racist bastard and instead of explaining himself goes oh you know tony doesn't speak english very well Also, again, <laughs> Tramp, stop taking women to your regular spots. Yes. If you're going to be the type to date around and get all the bitches pregnant, maybe stop taking them to the same spot over and over because restaurant people will comment on that. Yeah, uh, especially when the customer is a dog and one of a few. Yeah, I so I... I specifically wrote that I am not drawing this scene because it's the most famous. It's been done so much. It's 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 literally the scene that is parody a million times over. Yeah, I I didn't write down very much about it, but I did again with me going back to liking the characters where Tony, um, uh, Luigi comes out with a plate of bones and Tony goes, no. He says that he wants two spaghetti specials and Luigi goes, dogs don't talk. And Tony goes, he's talking to me. (laughs) I I I love that. I love that too. And so I also want to again mention that like this scene that we all remember occurs 48 minutes into the movie. We're pretty far in. Yeah. But I also did write that the scene still makes me tear up a little bit because it's so silly and fun. I love Tony. He's giving it his all. He just busts out his accordion and decides to serenade these two dogs. And then they go on a walk. And again, I I point out how, like, there's some things about Tramp that I find obnoxious. Mm -hmm. But all in all, he's pretty graceful in things. Because he says to Lady, it's like, hey, you could live this life with me. It would be be so much fun. And she turns him down by saying, like, I like you, but I have to go home. I have a home with people that are looking for me and he doesn't try to convince her he he does the jack dawson thing and he just goes okay okay i'm gonna let you go because you've asked me to you know why i think it's because of his confidence he's like i know i've i've been with these high class bitches before it's entirely true because well he just says you win and then is going to walk her home but he decides to stop for a little carnival game of chicken chasing yeah because apparently Which, you've never lived <clears throat> until you've chased some chickens. Okay, so apparently the chicken scene was reused. Oh, was it reused in Fox and the Hound by any any chance? No, it was an an uh, earlier scene. I'm trying to to find the note on it. Oh, um, I must have missed that. 
The footage of the chicken sleeping in the barn is recycled animation from the 1938 short Farmyard Symphony. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, and I, uh, is this, this is right before we get into like the lullaby and all of that st- stuff, right? Lullaby? There was, there was like a part where they actually end up, um, I called it a, I called it a lullaby, but there's a little song that plays while uh, Lady and the Tramp are out on the town. Oh yeah. Bella Notte. Yeah, that's it. Bella Notte. Uh, and then when they also find make out point. Mind. Yes. That one. That's, it. that's yeah. the scene I'm talking about where at the very end she says, I have to go home now. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Um, but they stop to chase chickens and Tramp gets away. But the last possible second, the dog catcher grabs Lady. And she gets taken to the pound where we are treated to the worst dog chorus I have ever heard in my life. Like the I... foley must have been so mad. I I wrote that Sarah McLaughlin was born on this day. Oh my gosh. I also wrote down something about Sarah McLaughlin because it is just a bunch of mournful dogs in a kettle with in the background. It's awful. Mm-hmm. But the good news is we find out that it's not just because they're being miserable. They're singing to cover up the sound of one of them digging a tunnel out. Yes, that was good. I love the little wiener dog I, digging his little tunnel. That was so I cute. Was, it was. And I was so mad at this kennel singing. And then again, like I said, when you get to kennel, with, to the character interactions, it cuts to these guys and they're like, all right, how are we going? Need a little bit more. Give us another course. And they're like, all right, all right. And a one and a two. They're ready to launch back into it. Um, they don't have time, though, because the dog catcher comes in and puts Lady in their kennel with them. Yeah. And but they start fine. poking fun at her. Well, they start telling her how it is. But Peg comes to the, her rescue. They're teased. I mean, they, it's like, she's right. She's like, they don't mean any harm. They're clearly teasing her, but she's freaked out. And Peg hears that. She wakes up and comes over and is basically like, shut up. She's scared. And they, they back. To their credit, they also back off. They're like, okay, sorry. And then Peg gets to sing the song, which this is the one that I'm going to ask you about. Oh, what a dog. Yeah. He's a tramp. He's a tramp. This was on one of the song, um, sing-along song tapes that I had. And I always liked this one. It's very ropey and jazzy. Not traditional at all for a um, yeah. Disney song. I always liked it. It's not upbeat. It's not crazy, but it's a great song. It It's so... It's just like a jazz classic. It's very low register. There's not a lot of there's I don't think there's any instrumental accompaniment. I think it's all a cappella. Um mm. I think, or if there is instruments in the back, it's minimal. Cause you hear when you hear the song, you hear a lot of choral, like the oh mm-hmm. there's the one dogging boom, boom, boom. You boom. hear the dog. The yeah, dog you hear choral, dogs, yeah. But it seems yeah. mostly a cappella, and then that lets her voice stand out really well. That very he's a tramp. But they love him. Breaks a new heart every day. He's a tramp. They love him. And I wish that I could travel his way. It's all deep in the chest. Which is and it's so good. I I think this song is really underrated. I can see where it's not super popular with like kids, but I think it's a really good song. Well, apparently, uh, I, I have not seen the 2019 remake, and nope. uh, Janelle Monae covered oh, that for that one, which is 
very appropriate, I think. Is it good? Uh, I mean, it's Janelle Monet, so I'm going to say yes, but I actually well, have not listened to it either. The reason I ask is because as we've determined, a lot of these live actions, even though they have great people in them, they can be a little lacking, which is, you know, I'm not trying to be hypercritical, but, you know, again, like this, I like this because part of it is how soulful it is. Like, she's clearly in love with him. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm saying, like, I listening to the Janelle, Mon- Janelle Monet performance, it's great. I'm the listening animation. to it now. The animation I don't like it. is weird. I don't like it. I'm going to tell you why I don't like it. Yeah, it's why? the same criticism I have of every live action song. She's a good singer, but there's no feeling in it. Oh, you hear, I don't know. I don't think you hear it. When you hear Peggy Lee, you've got that ropiness. There's a rawness to it. And she talks, you know, at, towards the end, she's, hold on. I'm looking for the words. Mm-hmm. Um, because... Yeah, it becomes obvious towards the end that she's, yeah, here she goes. He, uh, she's talking, even I've got it pretty bad. She's, and I don't she's get that. She's for him. Yeah, and you can hear it. And I, I just listened to some of the Janelle Monet one, and she's got a great voice. But I don't think it has that same kind of like, the way that Peg's talking about him. She's like, dude, he is trouble. He is a problem, but fuck it if I'm not super in him. Do you think that part of that reason that it's missing that element of emotion and the heart and the pining and all of that is because Janelle Monet might have gotten um, instructions Maybe. to be like, you're remaking this. Like, we just need to hit these beats, do this, this and this. So she didn't have that like same emotional mm-hmm. mm, connection to it. I mean, maybe, but if that's the case, then I think you need to cast somebody else, somebody who does have a connection to it. Part of what makes these movies, I think, so genuine is the emotion that you get. And when you strip that out in favor of like, it looks more realistic this way, or we just want to put a celebrity in, there's Mm. a difference between being a good singer and being an emotive singer. Janelle Monae is a good singer. I don't think she's a good emotive singer. An emotive singer is someone like Barbara Luddy here, Lady, Mm -hmm. uh, Jodie Benson, Ariel. Um, Paige O'Hara as Belle, you know, the, it, it's it's a musical theater style of training and it's very specific. And it's clear that people like Melissa McCarthy and Janelle Monet and um, Halle Bailey are tremendous singers with a lot of vocal training. They did not get that musical theater training. And I that's think what that's what I was going to ask about. I was going to ask about Halle, Halle Bailey in that way, but I, I mean, great voice. you know, fair enough. Fair enough. That's not saying that I could do better or anything. I mean, I think that the pe- the reason that we remember these Ariel and Belle and Rapunzel and, you know, all uh, Aurora is because we connect with them because they're emotional, because we can connect to those big feelings, especially when you're little, that big feeling of wanting something else, that big feeling of needing adventure, of feeling trapped. It gives a lot of words to stuff that as kids we don't have. Mm-hmm. And when you suck all that feeling out, it's just a song. No, I totally agree i think that makes sense um come at me haters come yell at me yeah basically and something else that is kind of confusing i think about this song is apparently (laughs) and i say this as someone who probably watched it in the 1980s and 1990s he's a tramp would be featured on the disney channel uh said almost entirely to clips of the big bad wolf which is a weird, oh, wow. weird crossover. That is a super weird crossover. Um, 
Oh, and I'm sorry. There's a <laughs> pop slash ska cover of this song. So speaking of songs that that if, when you listen to it, they're probably not going to have any emotional depth. There is a um, I'm sorry, Haley and Hillary Duff cover of "We Are Siamese." I just want everyone what? to know. That oh. Okay, I'm sorry. Why was this in re- like? Okay, I I, I, found I it. need to step back. It's on YouTube. Found it. Hang on. It's it's very electronic. And once again, I would like to thank the practical folks for um, pointing this out to me. I think Chelsea put it in one of their reviews. Um, and as they uh, they asked the question, did they change the word Siamese to anything else? And as Chelsea goes, nope. Okay, let's have some of the whitest women ever it's so Do... bad there's like weird asian synth in the back oh crap if, okay. if you can hear this i highly recommend you going to look it up um it's not yeah please share this with me i just sent it to you and on facebook i don't know when this exactly came out it was uploaded to youtube at least 14 years ago so it's older than that but well it's re- referencing disney mania 2 Okay, Which, so it must this have been is on also that. where the pop slash ska cover of He's a Tramp ah, comes from. Okay, so this must all be the same CD. Yeah. Um. So that's happening, and and at the end of the he well well Gal- <laughs> I'm making faces. I I wish this was I'm a visual medium for you all because I'm normally the face maker, but I think Allie just beat me with it. <laughs> um. But this is the same face that Lady kind of makes though, because this is when they kind of reveal to her they. They, I think they can somehow immediately tell that he's that she is Tramp's type, and they basically let her in on the on the skinny, and they're like, "Listen, you're like the fourth, <laughs> yeah, and not including Peg." Um, just... Peg looks at her and is like, "I used to live in a beautiful house on that <laughs> side of the tracks, and then I met Tramp." <laughs> Drag it on a cigarette. You better keep your life together, sweetie popped out 22 puppies that bastard didn't call me after one <laughs> before lady can even respond to all this but they inundate her with so much information and then they and then the dog catcher comes and it's like your owner's here and she's just like <laughs> I, okay so i have to wonder if the uh the pound proprietor which is standing outside the pound just listening and being like okay are they done with the song all right, now I'll go in and I can let her go. I didn't want to interrupt before. <laughs> Look, they were giving you some valuable information. Just want to let them finish. But she goes home and I like Jock and... Oh, you were going to say... So, With so, Aunt Sarah. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. Sarah's yes. the one who picks her up. Um, because yes. I was... At first when they were like, okay, you're free to go, basically. <laughs> uh, your owner's here. Her. I was like, the darlings are already here? What? Well, we don't know how much time is passing. Could have been seven weeks. But they it's not off to Antarctica. They may have, but no. Aunt Sarah comes to get her, and Jock and Trusty they have realized that Lady has, is accurately being abused by Aunt Sarah, and they want to rescue her. And I absolutely love the dog logic involved here, where they're like, "If you marry one of us, you know, you'll be our mate, and then you can live in our houses, which are nice and warm." Yeah, because because impor- importantly, when Aunt Sarah rescued her, uh for whatever reason sarah's like you're a bad dog i'm keeping you outside and chains her to the doghouse outside the 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 backyard yeah yes and that's that is the last straw for jock and trusty and even though trusty's really nervous he goes i've never considered matrimony 
<laughs> yeah, he's like 92 in human years, yeah, basically. <laughs> but I, I do have to say, they're very kind to consider her because they're like, we don't know how to solve this problem in a human way, but as dogs, we can come with one of us. Yeah. But she says no, because it's, it's her fault. And not her fault. This is her family, and she needs to be with them. And Tramp decides that now is a good time to come in with zero humiliation. <clears throat> Did he call her a trick? Did Tramp call Lady a trick? I wrote at some point in time. Uh, yes. So he okay. So he comes in and is trying to talk to her, and she's ignoring him. And she tells Jock and Trusty they can go that she's got this covered. Yeah. And so she goes into her doghouse to get away from him um because he's saying you know kind of that he's sorry it wasn't his fault and he goes oh come on it couldn't have been bad for a cute little trick like you and that's when she she goes trick trick that reminds me who's trixie (laughs) trixie mattel (gasps) how dare you i was just at her motel i'm sorry i can't speak anymore (laughs) but yes he he doesn't exactly call her a trick but he brings it up yeah. Kinda. yeah. Kind of insults her intelligence just a little bit there. A little bit. And then she comes back and is like, who's Trixie and Lulu and Fifi and Rosita? Um, he doesn't have an answer for it. So she tells him basically to get the fuck out of her house. Mm-hmm. And then she just goes into her little doghouse and starts crying. It's very sad. And she also attempts to walk away from him, but because she's held by her chain she can't so she could just kind of walk as far as the chain is like yes don't look at me I'm ignoring exactly you. <laughs> and that's when she decides to go into the doghouse because at least yeah. he has the social intelligence to not go into her doghouse he does keep his head outside <laughs> yeah and this is and this is when the weather uh relates to lady's mood because suddenly it starts downpouring instantly not even a little drizzle it's just the the next second there is thunder and lightning very very frightening yeah and i did think like are we experiencing some type of time skip here but we weren't because then we also get to see like this is when the climax of the film really yes. starts ramping up yes we're coming into the end of the film yeah so we get to see old ratatouille who we didn't mention before but did kind of show up before did he yeah we we see this same rat i <laughs> I saw that rat and made a note about it. Like he shows up at the very beginning of the film because oh, I'm like, I didn't know that. this is the rattiest looking rat. Yes, ever. I he wrote down. Evil. I wrote down in here. This rat is clearly possessed. Yeah, I think this rat may have become rat again. If it, if it if it did if it didn't die. If nothing else, this rat has a taste for human blood. Apparently, dude. Yeah, because it it climbs up the the the, the gutter, not the mm-hmm. gutter, the um the rain spout. The drain spout to the second floor. And for some reason on this rainy, 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 stormy day, Aunt Sarah has left the baby's nursery room window cracked. (laughs) Um, And uh, the rat goes in and Lady is barking her head off. And Aunt Sarah just opens the door, the window and yells at her. Yeah, Aunt Sarah. Aunt Sarah is once again, the worst person. The worst. In the world. (laughs) Tramp hears Lady barking and he comes back. Because he's like, something is wrong. And I will give it to both of them to be able to put their emotions aside for an emergency. Because he comes running in, he asks her what's wrong, and she immediately tells him. She's like, there's a rat. Yeah, she's like, there's a rat. rat. It's upstairs in the baby room. Baby's room. How do I get in? Little door on the porch. That's it. There's no more discussions. It's like, all right, here's here's the situation. I'm going to go handle it. And he, 
I will say uh, he gets upstairs very quickly and finds the rat. And I'd say about 70% of this fight, he does zero destruction to the room. He's fighting this rat and he's somehow managing to avoid knocking stuff over. Um, Only after it really ramps up, Lady manages to like break the chain and get loose and come upstairs. Mm -hmm. And that's when the fight escalates. And, you know, he knocks over a table, something falls down. He knocks over the baby's crib. um, And that's when the baby starts crying. And Tramp chases the rat behind a curtain and kills it, finally. And no blood. No blood. Clean Uh, kill. Totally clean kill. And he just comes out licking his paw. That's the indication we have that he's hurt. Yeah. Now Sarah comes in. She picks up the baby. To be fair, that is the first thing you should do. (laughs) Check on the baby. And she screams at the dogs. She chases Tramp into a closet with a broom and closes the door. Yanks Lady down to the, like, a mudroom or something and locks her in there. And calls the pound immediately to come get Tramp. So I can understand freaking out about Tramp because this yes. is the first time that Aunt Sarah or really any human in the family has seen Tramp around. Yes, this is the first time this dog, this is a strange dog. I would also freak the fuck out if I saw a disheveled, probably really gross smelling outside stray dog in my baby's room. Yeah, that would be initially very, very alarming. Yeah, but then her reaction to Lady is once again over the top and I think unneeded. Like, you should then let, maybe, maybe take this dog that you apparently hate and put it in a room with that other dog that's a mystery to you uh, and maybe two problems will be solved. Um, or you'll open the door and suddenly puppies will be there. Like One of the two. Yeah. But uh, no, she doesn't do that. She just, her natural assumption is that these dogs, Lady, well, basically that tramp attacked the baby. That's what he was in there for. So the pound comes to pick him up. Immediately. Immediately. And this is also when Jim Deere and Darling are getting home. Immediately. Uh, Immediately. And they ask, they ask the guy, they're like, what is happening here? Because, you know, you're parked in front of my house. This is not my dog. And he goes, got, you know, and he says, we got a report of this dog attacking a baby. And they, I will say, they react accordingly. Yeah. They start panicking and run and looking for Sarah. Like, what the hell just happened? Yeah. But Jim Deere is such a good dog owner because he is on Lady's side immediately. Because Sarah's trying trying to tell him that, like, Lady's a medicine. He's like, there's no way. There is no way. He lets Lady out and Sarah's like, she's gonna, she's loose. And he's just like, she's just trying to tell us something, like, He's got faith in his dog. He's smart. He's a smart one. And Jock and Trusty have showed up because there's a bunch of commotion. They're waiting on the porch. And they have no owners, by the way. Like... They clearly don't. They must have comfortable homes with no owners in them, but they're waiting. Their owners and... died 12 weeks ago and now they just no own one's told the house. Them. Yeah. Yeah. The, it, the, the will passed it down. But Lady is the one who drags Jim Deere and Darling upstairs because they find out that there's something there. Um, and she shows them the rat. Yeah. And we have less than 10 minutes left in the film. Oh my gosh. But to be <laughs> fair to absolutely everyone, once again, everyone clicks into go mode. Boom, Doc boom, and boom. Trusty take off from the porch immediately. They're like, oh shit, we misjudged him. And they know that they're taking him away to be killed. So they, yeah. they embark on a chase. <clears throat> they embark on a chase and uh, Trusty's trusty bloodhound knows leads him through the mud to actually find Tramp. And then they they get the cart to look like it runs over Trusty. Yeah. And this it turns got me. sideways and falls. 
Yeah, because they definitely so the the movie let's tramp out basically the darlings kind of fix everything and they're like okay everything's fine and then the movie pauses on a scene where you see trusty appear to be dead under the cart and jock kind of go over and sniff him it's kind of like oh he's fine yeah he goes over and sniff him sits down and howls yeah like and and that's the last yeah that's the last couple seconds of that scene and what i wrote in my notes next was transition because the next thing we see is it's christmas there's a candle what? burning. Uh, Tramp has a collar. There's puppies in the house. The baby's growing older. Uh, Jock and Trusty are coming over. Everyone's fine. He's Trusty's just got a bit of a limp, but he's fine. Uh, it's all good now. What? Well, that that got me too. It's like again, we have this little scene missing mm-hmm. moment where Disney was just like, "Uh, Disney death," but oh, we can't actually kill the dog. Uh, how do we get out of this? We only have uh thirty seconds left. Go. Christmas yes Just make it Christmas yeah. dog is fine don't worry about it there yeah that's ba- that's basically the end of the movie that's it, it like the last scene is them celebrating Christmas together with their four puppies three of which look like lady one which looks like tramp Mm-hmm. And um, Jim Deere is asking where the dog biscuits were and not just any dog biscuits, but the ones that Aunt Sarah sent over. Yeah. And also all of the puppies sound like Thumper from Yes, Bambi. they all do. I wonder if they are. I I do think it's kind of funny. Well, not funny. It's clear that Aunt Sarah loves her her like nephew or whatever. So as soon as the dog saved his life, she's like, well, I guess you're all right in my book. Here's Christmas gifts <laughs> for you. <laughs> I wonder if a little bit of uh, Aunt Sarah now has guilt for the rest of her life because oh, she's like, I almost got the baby killed. I, I almost got the baby saver killed. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> baby savior. The rat almost got him. I Ugh. Okay, so something that I 100% did not think about with Lady and the Tramp is that this is a Christmas movie. Yes, it is. It ends. It, it begins and ends with Christmas. Begins and ends with Christmas. This all took place over the core of the core. No, the course of one year. Yeah. Uh, that's Lady in the Tram. I have a question for you, Gally. <gasps> Is do. it what kind of dog I want? Did you yeah. get me a dog? Is it in a hat box right now? No, because I don't think you're a dog person. Oh. But I do want to know if you like this movie and if you'd recommend it to people. I'm half and half on both of these things. That's right. I am, I, like you said, I think that, that there are a lot of really like fun, fun elements in the mm-hmm. movie. And it's really fun to watch like some of these human and dog interactions. Like, I would, boy, I would love to aspire to be such a, a successful restaurateur that I could just halt everything uh to give two dogs in an alley like the most beautiful of dates they've ever had that would be amazing but right i can't say that i recommend watching this entire movie (laughs) watch apparently the music videos that cover everything that happens (laughs) i i i put down that i liked it for the most part i do like the character interactions i like the way the dogs are portrayed like dogs yeah um but as far as recommending on 50 50 because either the there's that there's so much padding in it but it's disappointing because i do want to recommend it for the moments of it that are funny yeah and there's a lot of really fun like if this movie were re-edited yes to a 30 minute long thing then i would 100 recommend it 
there we go. I think that's a better way to uh, to phrase it. So yeah, do what are we? What's what's next week? So next week, uh, we're going to be about comatose because we will be watching Sleeping Beauty. Princess and Leto object to that. <laughs> <laughs> Little bork in the background. Little bork in the background. Well, awesome. We will be back for that. So long, Glamour Boys. So long, Glamour Boys. Damsels Who Discuss is created and produced by Crow's Nest's podcast. Your hosts are Gally Articola and Alexia Thurumalai. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash discuss, all one word. On Instagram at instagram.com slash discuss, all one word again. And on Twitter at twitter.com slash damselswhodisco because Twitter has a character limit. Or you can also email us at damselswhodiscuss at gmail.com. So long, Glamour Boys! So long, Glamour Boys! (laughs) 